Well, hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 201 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield here in the big chair for today, Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. And we are at week one. We have an actual live football game that matters coming up this Sunday, the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins. We're going to spend the first third of this show talking solely about that game, focusing on what I'm watching when the Patriots have the football and what I'm watching when the Dolphins have the football. Then we're going to talk predictions for the NFL season ahead. We've got a whole thing that's going to be coming out at USA Today Touchdown Wire. I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm going to highlight some of the predictions that I made for the season ahead. Final third of the show, we're going to talk quarterbacks in college. College really got underway this past weekend. I've got some stock up, stock down, stuff like that that I want to get into as well. Before we do any of that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks on the stake mat app, excuse me, at Mark Schofield. You can follow the work, USA Today, Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Blue and Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, Blogging the Boys, FootballGuys.com, all sorts of fun places where I'll be providing the content this season. So let's start here. Let's start with what I'm going to be watching for when the New England Patriots have the football this weekend when they take on the Miami Dolphins. And obviously, the main thing that, that people are going to be asking for about the main thing that people will be watching, the main thing that I will be watching is the debut of Mac Jones. Anytime you have a rookie quarterback making his first NFL start, it's going to be something you want to watch. But when it's a rookie quarterback that you drafted in the first round and you jettisoned Cam Newton for, and it's the New England Patriots, and they've spent all this money in the offseason and expectations as a result are high, it's going to be very much something you want to watch. And when you add into that the fact that last year the Miami Dolphins were very creative defensively. They did a lot of zero blitz stuff. They did a lot of coverage rotations in the secondary. They made quarterbacks like, you know, Jared Goff just look awful. Yeah. Even more so, it's something you want to watch. But let's face it, with the decision to move ahead with Mac Jones as the starting quarterback, with the decision to, as I said last week, burn the boats, release Cam Newton, go forward full speed with Mac Jones under center. This is going to be the story of this entire season. It will be viewed through the lens of, was it the right decision to start him? Was it the right decision to start him week one? Was it the right decision to draft him? And all of that stuff. And so, of course, we want to see what Mac Jones looks like under center for the New England Patriots in week one. But beyond that, beyond the production and the numbers, interceptions versus touchdowns and all that, I want to see what does this offense look like? Is it going to look like the offense that I thought they'd have to morph into with some more vertical stuff off of play action, with more RPOs, with a lot more of the sort of quote-unquote college-friendly concepts like mesh and other designs that Mac Jones ran at Alabama under Steve Sarkeesian? Is that what this offense is going to look like? Or is Josh McDaniels going to say, no, look, we believe that you can run what we want to run, what we have traditionally run, you know, with with our concepts, with Haas, with the level stuff, with the vertical stuff that we like to work in, 
you know, with the option routes and all the stuff that we like to work in, will it look like that? Or will it look like, say, at the start of the Tom Brady era with a lot of ball control pass and stuff, screens and checkdowns and things like that? What is this offense going to look like? Now, week one might not be the best barometer to answer that question because you're going up against a defense that has, like I talked about, done some different things, you know, pressured quarterbacks, spun safety looks, and things like that. And so week one might not be the best sort of measuring stick for what this offense will like look like conceptually with Mac Jones going forward. But beyond Mac, I want to look for personnel packages. I talk about personnel packages a ton. I remain enamored by the idea of a Two running back package for this team with James White, Ramondre Stevenson. I remain enamored by the idea of maybe even some 22 stuff with the two tight ends, two running backs on the field at the same time. But yet you're still finding ways to stress the defense, to force the defense to decide how they're going to play it. Because, again, if you see a two running back, 22 personnel package with Smith, with Henry, with White, with Stevenson, and then Jacoby Myers or Nelson Aguilar as a lone receiver... You probably want to treat that as base, but they can go five wide with that. They can spread you out with that. They can throw the football out of that package and sort of attack your base defensive personnel. I want to see if the Patriots believe in that as well. So I'm very much watching the sort of personnel packages that they want to run out on Sunday afternoon. And finally, the wide receiver rotation. You know, is it Jacoby Myers wide receiver one? Myers and Aguilar is the one-two. Where does Nikhil Harry with his number change from 15 to 1 fit into that? That's what I'm curious about when it comes to the wide receiver position because I'm pretty much all in on Jacoby Myers as a true wide receiver one in today's NFL. Now I want to see if the rest of the team feels in line with that. When the Dolphins have the football. Austin Jackson is currently on the COVID-19 list. I'm not sure if he's going to be back, but this is a situation to monitor because Austin Jackson has struggled this preseason, this training camp period. It is, I don't want to say it's just rare, it's almost impossible to find Brandon Thorne, offensive line guru and mastermind, evidence of Brandon putting together a low-light reel of a player. But he did that recently with some of what we saw Austin Jackson put on tape this preseason, and it's not great. You know, the the interior, I'd say, of the Dolphins' offensive line, you know, with perhaps Solomon Kinley at left guard, or maybe it's Liam Eikenberg, that, that's up in the air. Michael Dieter at center, Robert Hunt at right guard. That's good. Jackson or Greg Little at left tackle and Jesse Davis at right tackle, those are some question marks, particularly if, if Austin Jackson can go, or if not, Greg Little, who they acquired in a trade with Carolina, they might be able, the New England Patriots, that is, they might be able to get a ton of pressure onto a Tungvaloa off of the edges. The interior might be tougher going, but they might be able to get a ton of pressure onto a from the edges. So that's the first thing I'm watching. Are they able to do that? Because I think if you do that against Tua, you're going to force him into making some quick reads, quick decisions, quicker than he wants to, sort of speed up its internal clock, and you'll be able to find success doing that. Other than I'm watching for Tua himself. 
Does he show evidence of that sort of year two leap or not? I think the potential is there. Obviously, I wouldn't like to see it happen this week because of who the Dolphins are playing. But I do think the potential is there with some of the talent they've put in place around him, some of the stuff we've seen from him during training camp and preseason. Now, of course, one thing to keep in mind, Stephon Gilmore. How does Stephon Gilmore's absence impact this defense? You know, we with Gilmore sidelined now on pop, what does the cornerback spot... Is it Jalen Mills at CB2? Is it Jonathan Jones? Do they have to turn to Sean Wade, who they just acquired in a trade? Cornerback depth. We've talked about it earlier on this show. It is a question mark for the New England Patriots. It really is. And that's going to get tested because, look, you're going to have Waddle. You're going to have some guys that you need to cover on that offense. You're going to have... You know, you're going to be facing Waddle. You're going to be facing Mac Hollins. You're going to be facing Devontae Parker. Maybe they work Albert Wilson in as well. They can throw the football if Tua has time. And so early in the season, the story of the Patriots' defense and how successful or how unsuccessful they are might come down to the pressure they can get with the talent they have up front. Thankfully for Patriots fans, tackle looks to be a weakness in Miami. So those are the things that I'm sort of watching for. You know, I've gone back and forth on this game. I really sort of have. And, you know, with the injuries and stuff in play, I think New England pulls this one out. But it's not a game that I feel too comfortable about. Let's put it that way. Up next, we're going to talk league-wide predictions for the season ahead. That is up next here on episode 201 of the SCO Show. Mark Schofield back with you now in episode 201 of the SCO Show. And we're going to talk predictions in a moment. I do want to, again, remind everybody you've got Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation with the QB Factory reboot, myself, Rachelle Prevett, who is just tremendous. Please follow her on Twitter. She's brilliant. She's awesome. She's so much fun to do with the show, this show with. I have a blast doing it each week, so check that out. Also, the YouTube channel. Um, it's just Mark Schofield on YouTube. I'm going to be doing a ton of video breakdowns over there as well once the All-22 starts hitting my inbox, which should be happening later this week with some college stuff. And then obviously with the games that kick off the NFL season, the game that kicks off the NFL season Thursday night, Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You'll probably be getting some All-22 breakdowns from me first thing Friday morning. What better way to start a weekend? Let's talk league-wide stuff now because we did a predictions piece over at USA Today Touchdown Wire, which may or may not be up by the time this podcast airs. Myself, Doug Farrar, Laurie Fitzpatrick, um, giving our predictions on all sorts of things. I don't want to run through the entire thing, but Offensive Rookie of the Year, Mac Jones. There, I said it, okay? That's that's prediction. I may, I'll, I'll, we know it's a quarterback-driven league. I think Mac is going to be in a position to be successful. So I'm going to say Mac Jones is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. A long journey from where we were draft night to this moment, but we made it together, friends. And so, yeah, maybe it's a homer pick, but that's what I'm going to say. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to say Jeremiah Wosu-Kamora. I love what the Browns have done. I'm going to talk about them more in a moment, but I, I think he's in a position to be successful. I think he sort of fits what defenses want to do today. So I'm a huge fan of his game. First head coach fired. 
I, I'm, I'm going to say it's Matt Nagy. I'm just not a fan of how they've sort of handled Justin Fields and his development. Um, I, I think they've stunted that. Maybe it's by design. Maybe it ends up being the right decision, but I'm not a fan of it right now. Division winners, I'm saying Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland, Kansas City in the AFC for the NFC side. I'm going to say Washington, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams. Wildcard teams. I really went back and forth on this a bit, but I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to say that New England sneaks in. I know Miami might be a trendy pick, and maybe this is a homer bit as well, but I think New England ends up squeaking in. On the NFC side, I think Arizona, Dallas, and Minnesota get in. When it comes to their Super Bowl teams, I think it's Cleveland and Tampa Bay. And I've talked at length about Cleveland and what they've done this offseason, the acquisitions on defense, whether it was free agency or the draft. All of it adds up, in my mind, to a team that is moving in the right direction that has a clear path, a clear vision, a clear plan, and they've gone out and executed it. And so I'm all in on Cleveland, get into the Super Bowl, but I think Tom Brady wins another one, wins MVP. Yeah, I know, it's, it's disgusting to me as well. So, so there are some predictions sure to be wrong from me, but you can check out Doug's and you can check out Laurie's when the piece goes live. I wanted to close out the show with the college game. It was great to see college football back, full pageantry, full flavor of it. Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech, the wave at Iowa, you know, jump around at Wisconsin with Gus Johnson vibing in the booth on Saturday in a in a rather dismal Penn State, Wisconsin Big Ten classic that we watched together on the timeline as a family. And it was it was, it was lovely. But I do want to talk about quarterbacks because I did a piece over at USA Today, stock up, stop down. Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell struggled a bit. Both of them struggled a bit, particularly Howell. He had an interception where he dropped the arm slot and it got tipped. He didn't need to drop the arm slot. I don't know why he did it, but he did it, and I didn't like seeing it. So, yeah, stock up, I mean, stock down, excuse me, for those two guys. I also want to say stock down for patience, you know, because scanning the Twitter timeline, you know, during the college football weekend, Everybody seemed ready to just definitively just say, those guys can't draft them, out on them. But it's one game. And I do think we need to sort of practice and pack some patience here with college quarterbacks. What's the thing that I say all the time about quarterbacks and in particular quarterback development? Development is not linear. It's not going to be this nice little, if you're thinking about like a line graph, like bottom left to upper right, nice smooth straight line trending upward for for quarterbacks. It's just not. And so there will be bumps, there will be peaks, there will be valleys. You know, there will be some weeks where young quarterbacks look great. There will be other weeks when they don't look so great. And a thing to keep in mind with respect to how Howell played Friday night against Virginia Tech, how... You know, Rattler played Saturday against Tulane. This is week one where Tulane has had an entire training camp and preseason and sprint practice all driving towards this moment, all working up towards, you know, week one playing Oklahoma or week one playing UNC and Sam Howell. And so 
those defenses were ready. Those coaches were ready for what they were going to expect from Sam Howell, from Spencer Rattler. You know, if they continue to struggle as the season goes along, when you only have a week to get ready and things are happening faster, then we can have the conversation about did Rattler's stock really take a nosedive? Did Howell's stock really take a nosedive? But for now, I think we need to practice patience. And of course, that works on the flip side. Like the guys that I think really help themselves. You know, Tala Tonga Vailoa of Maryland looked great against West Virginia. And he's certainly not somebody that people were thinking about, like, oh, this guy's going to be coming out early or anything like that. But if his performance in week one is any indication of what he's going to do this year, watch out. And look, those two receivers at Maryland, those guys can play. You know, Dante Demas Jr. who had six catches for, I think, 133 and a touchdown. Rakeem Jarrett, who's only a sophomore, six for 122 and a touchdown, I think. But, you know, the senior, Dante Demis, he should probably be thinking about where he's going to be spending the last week in January because it might be down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Like, those two receivers look good. Tala Tungalolo looked good. Like, they're, they're just down the street, so maybe there's a bit of sort of local bias here. But I'm excited to try to get out to Maryland and see them this year. Phil Jakovic looked great. Yes, similar to what we were just saying. It's against Colgate. It's against an FCS school. Like, he looked great, but, you know, we'll be patient here. But NFL reads, NFL throws, NFL decision-making. I was very impressed with his game against Colgate. Carson Strawn for Nevada checks the arm box, absolutely checks the arm box, looked good against Cal. He did have an interception that a lot of people sort of, like, broke down and said, look, he, he needs to be better here, and I agree. It was a sort of slot fade against single high, and, you know, he didn't do a good enough job at, like, freezing that post safety in the middle of the field before flipping his eyes to the outside and making that throw. But, you know, two touchdowns in that game really showed you some arm talent. He looked very good. And then Matt Corral, Monday night, Mississippi against Louisville. He looked really good. What I loved about his game Monday night the mind, the eyes, the feet, all in sync. In the piece, I, I had a clip of him working through reads, full field, right to left. You could see his mind and his feet all synced up extremely well. Fluid, full field read, right to left, makes the throw, moves the chains. Absolutely loved his performance. Now, for all of these guys, again, it's early, but they're trending up right now while the other guys may be trending down a bit. So, it's early, and, you know, we'll see what's going to happen, you know, going forward from these quarterbacks. I wouldn't go all out. I wouldn't, like, just bail on Rattler. I wouldn't bail on Howell. You know, I, I'm a bit shaky about, you know, Howell, generally speaking, because of the offense and some things that I've seen from him, but don't bail on these guys yet. But, folks, that will do it for today. I will be back probably Monday afternoon. I think that's going to be the rough schedule, Mondays and Wednesdays in season. You know, Monday afternoon to sort of recap the game from a more all-22 all perspective, and then Wednesday to sort of start previewing the upcoming opponent. But until then, friends, look, stay safe, wash your hands, do all the things you need to do, enjoy the football this weekend. Great to have football back. And until then, friends, wash those hands. And when you do, sin along and bless those Patriots' reigns. Not in Boston.